0: Praise the Lord, Grace Church. I said, praise the Lord, Grace Church. Is anybody glad to be in the house of God today on this beautiful Sunday morning? I love what the Lord says in Isaiah 43. He said, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, and I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. Is anybody glad today for the redeeming power of the love of God? Hallelujah. Can we all stand and give God some
1: glory in this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: We've had a crazy quiz season this year for our Bible quizzers with everything that happened. Um, Our in-person tournaments earlier this year, we only had two, January and February after that, they were cancelled and nationals was cancelled. So Louisiana was the first state to do some virtual quizzing on Zoom, y'all heard about. And so we had two tournaments like that and then this tournament this past weekend was kind of the wrap up for this quiz year of Psalms. Um, I'm going to recognize first, because of all the coronavirus and different family situations, um, many quizzers weren't able to finish this year in quiz tournaments, but many finished their verses and we're very proud of all of them for all the dedication that they put Into learning the word and relationship with God. So, we want to recognize everybody today. Um, Let's see where everybody is. Heston. That's my first one on my list. Heston's over there. Heston was a second year quizzer this year. When I call your name, if y'all could come to me, because I have a little something for you. Um, He was a second year quizzer this year, and he learned 100% of his verses. Riley Taylor, right close to me. Riley was a second-year quizzer this year, and she learned about 240 verses. (laughs) Garrett Adams, right over here. Garrett was a first-year quizzer this year, and he also learned about 240 verses. This is a lot of work, (laughs) y'all. Ty Smith. Ty He was a second year quizzer this year, and he also learned about 240 verses. (laughs) Annabelle Fisher. Annabelle was a first year quizzer this year. She did a great job learning her verses, and she grew a lot this year in quizzing. Amanda Montgomery, come this way. She was a first year quizzer this year. She did a wonderful job learning lots of verses and hitting this buzzer. Hadley is not here today, but Hadley was also a first year quizzer this year, and she learned 100% of her verses. Aaron. Aaron Montgomery? Oh, he didn't want to come up. Aaron is a first-year quizzer this year, and he learned 100% of his verses. That's a lot of work, Aaron. Avery Bunch. Avery was a first-year quizzer this year. She learned 100% of her verses. Good job, Avery. Um, So, as I've said, this is a lot of work. A lot of work for quizzing a lot of time spent daily in God's Word and those habits are not going to be without notice to God. God sees that effort that you put forth and He cares. He's so proud of you. Um, Okay, so the quizzers that went to the tournament this weekend, we had two teams. I should stick to my notes probably. Um, (laughs) All the five kids that went to the tournament this weekend learned 100% of their verses and they were all second-year quizzers. Except for Anna Kate, who was quizzing for her first year. Um, I can promise you, with school being canceled, everything else being canceled, that these kids did not want to quote every day. No. (laughs) Their mamas and daddies and grandparents and aunts and uncles and neighbors. I don't know who all quoted these kids. They had to encourage them. They had to keep them going, but they had good attitudes for the most part. Um, I'm so proud of them. In the beginner division, we had Parker and Anna Kate Duran representing Grace. Grace. Parker received one second highest score ribbon and one ribbon for getting six correct questions in a quiz and quizzing out. They didn't place at this tournament, but they represented our church very well. They had good attitudes and they both hit the buzzer and answered questions correctly. And Parker got an all tournament team trophy. I'll give him a hand clap. In the junior division, we had Noah Watley, Joseph Watley, and Carter Durand. And these boys are all second year quizzers and learned 100% of their verses. Joseph moved up from the beginner beginner division this year, and he stepped right up to the plate and did a great job. Um, They played well as a team, and they received third place in their division. Joseph received second-highest score ribbon, two second-highest score ribbons, one first-highest score ribbon, and an all-tournament team trophy. Good job, Joseph. And Noah received one second-highest score ribbon, one first-highest score ribbon, an all-tournament team trophy, and was voted on by the coaches as the quizzer of the year in the junior division for the state. So throughout this year, we've seen great growth in the character of our quizzers, which is very important, specifically in self-discipline and in good sportsmanship. Um, Specific acts of selflessness, selflessness, in case y'all didn't hear that, selflessness in this age is giant. (laughs) Um, It's been observed by several of our quizzers throughout this year. This reminds us that Bible quizzing is a great avenue for becoming more Christ-like and I'm excited to see this in our quizzers. As we were reminded this weekend, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. In addition to quizzing this weekend and some raffle prizes that the district gave our quizzers that someone wanted to, me to mention, um, we had a wonderful devotion yesterday morning. Um, and we were reminded again of the purpose of Bible quizzing. Psalms talks over and over about how God is a shield for us, a protection for us, and how he instructs us and teaches us in the way that we should go. And that's our purpose for Bible quizzing. We want God to be and His Word to be our shield, our protector, and our guidance as we go through things in life. When we have a great foundation and a relationship with God and daily Bible habits, God and His Word will help us to continue to stand. And I'm so proud of these kids, and y'all should be too. So thank y'all for your prayers and for your support.
2: Let's give that hand clap of praise to the Lord this morning. You know, there's a phenomenon associated with the presence of God. I feel the presence of God here this morning. And that phenomenon is that wherever Jesus is, a crowd draws and gathers. And no matter that happened 2,000 years ago and it happens today, you're here because Jesus is here. And I appreciate that fact because the Lord, the reason that that crowd gathers is the same today as it was whenever he walked this earth with Steve. If you have no hope, Jesus is a God of hope. If you, are, if you have fallen, he is a God of restoration. If you have no salvation, if you're lost, he is a God of salvation. And if you have no foundation in this un- unstable world that we live in, we serve a God that gives you a sure foundation. Can we give him another hand clap of praise this morning? He deserves it. He deserves it this morning. We serve a great God. We want to thank you for being here this morning. We want to thank you for joining us on live stream. We want to pause for just a moment to give you an opportunity to give here at Grace. This, is, this church is, has such a tremendous attitude of generosity. You, you can give by our app and our website. You can text You can send up a snail mail if you want to. Or if you want to walk out, there's a receptacle right there in the lobby that you can give. Let's join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your presence that we feel here this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you take this offering, Lord God, use it to further your kingdom. Bless the gift and the giver alike. In the name of Jesus, everyone say amen. We have just a few announcements. Monday, June 29th at 714, we would like to continue our United Family prayer time at home. On Tuesday, June 30th, we will extend that prayer by being here uh, at, at 10 a.m. in the sanctuary. On Wednesday, July 1st, we will have our normal service as usual, but we will certainly be live streaming that at 7.30 p.m. if you're not able to make it. On Sunday, July 29th, there will be a blood drive. Give the gift of life. There will be a sign-up sheet at, uh, in our lobby this, uh, on that day. And mark this date on July 29th. Through the 31st, we're going to have Camp Sunshine. This is not for you adults, it's for our kids. I heard a kid say yay, that's exciting. Oh, no, it was my wife, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Grace kids ages 5 through 10 uh, are to attend. There will be more information about registration coming soon. And, And I know that we appreciate all the announcements, but I could tell by that first praise song that's not why you're here. You're here to worship the Lord. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as our praise team worship the Lord?
3: They did a great job, but as much as we salute them, we salute our parents, our coaching staff, our quizzing staff. You folks are amazing, and you do a great job, and uh, thank you for pouring so much into our children. I want to pause here for a moment, and uh, I'd like for us to go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we have a couple of things to bring to you. First of all, I'd like for us to pray for Missy Morris today. Uh, Really needs uh, a healing touch, a divine intervention in her life. And if we could pray for Sister Gloria Nixon, Sister Murphy, and their family, as I'm sure you've heard by now. Brother Hubert Nixon passed away this past Wednesday night, and uh, his uh, funeral service will be here at Grace Church tomorrow. The service will begin at 11. You can keep the family in prayer. They'd appreciate it. I'm happy to say that Brother Nixon looked forward to this moment. He did. Uh, talked about it often. Could not wait to escape the earthly things, the physical things, all of that, and to make his wayward home. And uh, it was just such a peaceful, peaceful feeling um, when he passed. And peaceful atmosphere and we rejoice and celebrate with him he asked somebody the other day he said the streets of gold he said I'm nervous that I might fall down and uh, he was assured you won't be falling down in heaven you'll be on your feet for a while but you won't be falling down that's for sure so we rejoice let's pray for Sister Missy and the Nixon family right now for a moment shall we Jesus we love you today and we're thankful for the assurance of your spirit in our lives. We're thankful, God, that you're an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And I pray, God, that you would wrap your arms, keep your arms around this wonderful, wonderful family during this time of bereavement and loss. He'll be missed, he'll not soon be forgotten, but we know that his reward is great And he's been enjoying that for the past several days. And we're thankful for your redemptive power and your your kindness in this situation. Bless, I pray, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I won't keep you but one more moment. Um, We're glad to have uh, Anthony and his family back here with us today. Glad to see you guys. And... uh, Last Sunday, God beautifully filled him up with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he was baptized in the beautiful name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Anthony, would you mind just walking up? We have a couple of certificates for you. And uh, not that you'll ever forget the day, but we want it in writing. And uh, so we have here a certificate that says you've been baptized and you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost here at Grace Church, and we congratulate you, man. God bless you, man. Great to see you today. Thank the Lord. And uh, for those of you that scooted out early and missed that last Sunday, I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'll teach you to hang around a little while around the church house. I'm teasing. Thank the Lord. One more thing. Before our speaker comes It is I was truly surprised Truly surprised And I'm just really pumped to have my great friend Johnny Rogers here today And I Most everybody in this house knows uh, Brother Johnny Rogers But um, We don't talk every day We don't talk once a week But when we do However long time has passed We just pick right back up where we started And uh, we met, I was thinking about it a few minutes ago, Johnny, it would be about 50 years ago. Somewhere around there, about 50 years ago. And I think it's awesome to uh, be able to say that we've been friends for 50 years. In our society today, that's kind of rare. And um, he was the best man in my wedding. And uh, I love Johnny deeply, but I want to make one thing straight. There's a lot of things, a lot of things that we did when we were young teenagers. And none of that is your business. Just, just want to go ahead and clear that up. The second thing I want to say is he influenced me into every bit of that. I was an innocent bystander. So, so if he tells y'all stories, you just keep that in mind. That some of it may not even be true, who knows? Anyway. We we did some stuff, and we'll just leave it right there. We've had a great time throughout our life and uh, certainly have enjoyed and certainly value his friendship so very much. Along with that, we are honored today to have Brother Merrill and Sister Christy and their two boys, Joshua and Micah, and uh, i glad they're here today. And uh, now I'm pretty much looking up to the whole entire family <coughs> there was a time I could look down on their boys. It's straight up in the air now. And I'm just waiting to see when this will end. Uh, I'm waiting to see if Marty will start looking up to them. If that happens, I don't know what to say. We'll just, we'll all look up to them. I don't know how you got thrown in on that, Marty. Sorry about that. But uh, we're glad to have them. They're doing a tremendous, tremendous work for the kingdom of God in Jefferson City, Tennessee, and we are just honored and thrilled to see them, to have them, to have them preached here today. Brother Merrill is an excellent preacher, and I'm anxious to hear what he has to say today from the word of the Lord. Can we welcome them as they come to speak for us today?
4: Well, praise the Lord. It is good to see each and every one of you today. For all of our old friends, it's wonderful to see you. For those that we don't know, can't wait to get acquainted. And uh, so thankful that you're in the house of God today. I'm going to invite you to be seated quickly. And I give great honor today to my pastor, Brother Murphy, and to these great men sitting here on the platform that I get to share the platform with today. And uh, also uh, to Sister Murphy. We give great honor to these wonderful people. Don't you love your pastor? I know I do. Amen. And uh, so we're very thankful for them. And I also give honor to my wife, Sister Christy, today, as she is known here, Sister Murphy, uh, at our church. And uh, it's a little bit hard to bounce back and forth between the two. I call her Sister Christy a lot at our church, and uh, she's corrected me a few times. And I know y'all find that hard to believe, but she does correct me. But anyway, I give honor to her and to our two sons, Joshua and Micah. We left a few, almost now 10 years ago, 10, three years ago to go plant a church in Jefferson City, Tennessee. And I will tell you that I would not want to plant a church with anybody else than the family that God has given me. They're doing a wonderful job. Both of the boys helped tremendously And uh, Sister Christy is playing the piano, and she is singing, and uh, God has blessed us greatly. I bring greetings from Lakeway UPC in Jefferson City, Tennessee this morning. They greet you in the name of Jesus. Sister Christy is going to come say a quick word, and then we'll get into the word of the Lord this morning. Would you welcome her this morning as she comes?
5: Praise the Lord. It's good to be here this morning. I don't correct Brother Merrill. I just steer him in the right direction. (laughs) Um, I also want to honor Pastor and Sister Murphy. So thankful for their influence in our lives and what they have put into us, poured into us. And I'm so thankful that they're still just a phone call away. If we need something, we know that they're going to be there for us. And I would not want to plant a church without a pastor in a church behind you do, to help you, to support you, to pray for you. And I'm so thankful for Pastor and Sister Murphy, their love and support of us and for our church and all of you who pray for us and, and uh, check on us and send us notes of encouragement. We appreciate that so much. Can we give this worship team a hand? Amen. Wow. I jokingly told Sister Casey that we sang Holy Ground last week at our church, and it sounded just like the praise team. You can laugh at that because it did not sound anything like the praise team, but um, I'm very thankful that I got to be a part of this group for a little bit of time in my life, and I learned a lot, And um, but mostly I learned commitment and faithfulness and what a blessing that brings into your life to serve the kingdom, amen. So I give them... A pat on the back. Um, every now and then, you need to take these guys out to lunch and let them know you appreciate them. Amen. Amen. Um, I do also want to honor our sweet boys, Joshua and Micah. They serve our church in many capacities, as do most church planners' children. They are our production team, our greeter team. Our drummer, Micah, is doing excellent on the drums He sir, they serve, he's our production team leader, which means he runs the phone video, (laughs) but they do a lot of, a lot of stuff, they do, and they serve with, mostly with gladness, um, mostly, but I do appreciate them. They're learning a lot about church planting, they're learning a lot about serving the kingdom, and I'm so thankful that we can do that as a family, and that they They do everything they can to uh, be a blessing to our church, and I'm so thankful for that. I also want to thank you for your giving. Um, Grace has blessed our family so many, many times since we moved. You've blessed our church tremendously, especially last year when we moved into our storefront location. Grace, you got us in the door. And we were able to get a lot of stuff done really quickly so that we can move out services from our home into our building. And we have a beautiful, beautiful storefront that we can worship in. We can seat 35 people on brand-new chairs, on brand-new carpet, freshly painted, a brand-new baptistry because of the blessings of the Lord through churches like Grace. So thank you so much for your giving to Lakeway Church. I also want to thank you for giving to the different offerings throughout the year, Mother's Memorial, She's for Christ, and especially Christmas for Christ. Each of these offerings bless church planners like our family, especially Christmas for Christ. And we are a recipient of Christmas for Christ this year, and we're very, very thankful for that. Um, She's for Christ makes sure that our kids attend camps and the PK retreat every year at no cost to our family. Um, They Do a lot of things for our kids throughout the year. And so I'm so thankful for that. Mother's Memorial has an emergency fund. If we should find ourselves in a situation, a car accident, or our house would burn down, God forbid, Mother's Memorial steps right in and gives you an emergency fund to church planners. So there's a lot of ways that all those pulled pork sandwiches that you bought a couple of weeks ago are blessing church planners like us. So thank you for giving, thank you for blessing. Uh, North American missionaries. I appreciate it so very much. Church planners across North America woke up this morning preparing for another Sunday ministering to their city. They're setting up chairs and sound equipment in hotel conference rooms, schools, community centers, storefronts, or possibly, especially now, even in their own living rooms, not knowing who or how many will be in service today. Many have had to move to online services, navigating the somewhat frustrating and unpredictable arena of technology, can I get an amen on that, with very little training and usually with very little help, all the while not knowing what the future will hold for their small but growing congregation, and yet they press on. They will sing, maybe to just their family. They will worship, maybe with just their family. They will preach and they will teach with fervency and passionately and with anointing. And they do it because God has called them to a city, to build a church, to reach the lost, the broken, the hurting, and the hungry with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of them, including us, did not feel at all qualified for such an undertaking, but we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has called us to a small town called Jefferson City, Tennessee. And there is a work to do. But we are willing and we will do what God has asked us because we know this that when someone will experience the presence of God, just like they just sang, chains fall, fear will bow. Jesus. Jesus, you change everything. You change everything. And that is the heartbeat of a church planner. That is why we will leave this beautiful church and all of you wonderful people. Because we know that there's one in Jefferson City that needs to know Jesus can change everything. He can change everything Addiction can be broken. Depression can be healed. Tradition, mindsets of tradition can be changed by the power of his word and his presence in their lives. So as you pray, pray for us. Pray that God will anoint us, that he will give us open doors and opportunities to be a blessing and to witness to others. Because there he has called us. And there is going to be a church in Jefferson City. Thank you so much. We're so glad to be here today.
4: Praise the Lord. Let's give that hand clap of appreciation to God. If you'll stand this morning. As we go to the word of the Lord, I appreciate the words that Sister Christy just spoke, and I echo them. We appreciate the giving, the generosity, the prayers, of Grace Church. It's been wonderful to know that there's such a wonderful and powerful church standing behind us. And I thank you for that. Uh, I could keep you here all day. We literally have a notebook full of miracles that God has performed since we have been on location. We've been recording them. Uh, the home missions director for the state of Tennessee, Brother Clayton Neal, told me when we met the board, he said, Brother Murphy, He said, in the next five years, you'll see more miracles than you've ever seen in your life. And he has been 100% correct. God has done incredible things. But I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of God that I feel. Praise the Lord. If you would turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Judges chapter 5. We'll read a few verses of Scripture This morning, I'll I'll spend a little bit of time, if you'll allow me to, building a foundation. I am aware of the clock, and uh, so I will do my best to get you out of here uh, at a decent time. Judges chapter 5, beginning with verse 23, the Bible says, CURSE YE MEROS, SAID THE ANGEL OF THE LORD. CURSE YE BITTERLY THE INHABITANTS THEREOF, BECAUSE THEY CAME NOT TO THE HELP OF THE LORD, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Blessed above women shall Jael, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite, be. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter and a lordy dish. She put her hand to the nail and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer she smote Sisera. She smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. What a scripture setting. But I want to preach to you this morning for just a few moments on this title, The Profile of a Victor. The Profile of a Victor. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we thank you for the incredible, the powerful presence of God that we feel in this place. We thank you for the worship, the praise team, and the musicians that have led us to the throne this morning. I pray now that you would anoint the lips of clay to speak the Word of God, to challenge us in the name of Jesus, to give hope, to give courage, and to give faith this morning. And we give you praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, one more time, can we clap our hands to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. The word victor is defined by Webster's Dictionary as a person who defeats an enemy or an opponent in battle, in a game, or in a competition. That is the definition of a victor. It is a person who overcomes the opposition. It is a person who despite what is going on around them, despite sometimes the the thoughts or the feelings of imminent defeat, continues to press on, continues to push forward in the battle and in the fight until victory ultimately becomes theirs. In our text that I read this morning, I know that it is an odd and different text, but it is a story. It is actually a song that is being sung because of the victory of the nation of Israel over the Canaanites. For 20 years, there had been an occupation. For 20 years, they had been subdued. For 20 years, they had somebody lord over them to occupy them, to tell them what they could and could not do. For 20 years they had dealt with that. And finally, in chapter 5, there is a victory that is won. There is a victorious moment for the nation of Israel. And this song that is sung in Judges chapter 5, sung by the prophetess Deborah and their military leader, Barak, They sing this incredible song, and if you can take time at some point to read chapter five of the book of Judges, you will find such an incredible victory and a model of how God expects people to fight his battles. But where I want to uh, speak to us just a few moments, and what I want to point out is this beginning in verse 23, out of all of of chapter 5 is this moment of victory and this this song of victory and this power and this anointing of God and how God defeated His enemies, kind of tucked away and stuck in this uh, song of victory is this verse where where the song says, Curse you, Miraz. Not just a curse, from the angel of the Lord. But he says, curse you bitterly. And so the question has to come up, why? What could the inhabitants of Miraz do to to, to draw the ire of God to the point where the angel would not just curse them, but curse them bitterly? The question is answered in the following sentence in our text today. "Is because they did not come to fight the battle of God. They did not answer the call that God put forth to fight. They stayed in the place of Miraz. They stayed where they were currently at. And they did not answer the call. Now the question is why wouldn't they leave? If you'll hang with me just a minute. We'll get there. I believe the, na- the reason why they refused to leave the city of Miraz is found in the name. Miraz means refuge. It was in the time of trouble. It was in the time of the fight. It was in the time when things were collapsing around them. It was in the time of their occupation that instead of fighting for God, they sought refuge. They sought to get out of the fight. They sought to hide from the enemy. They didn't want comfortable life to be disrupted. They didn't want what was uh, they had built for themselves to be destroyed. They didn't want to risk themselves. They didn't want to step out on faith. They didn't want to trust in God's hand in the battle. So instead of answering the call of God, they chose to seek refuge. Our society today, and I'll be very generic But our society today seeks refuge in all types of different things, in all types of different efforts, in all types of different uh, programs and situations. We seek so much as a society to find a way to bring peace and joy and comfort and refuge to our life But for 6,000 years, humans have tried their best to produce peace in our world, to produce love, to produce the desired results, but it has failed. Every time our world needs a church, our world needs Christian people that don't go seek refuge in the world, but will stand up and grab the sword of the Word of God and begin to fight the battle of God and begin to work for the kingdom of God and will sell themselves out to God. And it doesn't matter the risk, and it doesn't matter what I give up, and it doesn't matter if my life becomes uncomfortable comfortable. And if I have to step out on faith, uh, that we sell out to God uh, and receive the blessing from God. Hallelujah. So instead of the inhabitants of Miraz receiving part of the blessing of the victory, they received a curse. But then the next verse and I find God's Words so incredible and so powerful. And sometimes it teaches us so much stuff in ways that it's hard to, for me to comprehend. But anyway, God, the Bible says that, that there was a woman named J.L. J.L. smote the enemy. Jael is the one that when the enemy showed up, she smote him. The Bible doesn't mention much about Jael. Her name is found only six times, and every time is just right here in Judges. She's unknown. She never became famous. She never accomplished much of anything except this one moment that she capitalized on where God used her. Her name, J.L, means mountain goat. Anybody ever known JL? Some of you are afraid to say anything. You might be sitting beside them. Her name means mountain goat. Ornery. Tough, hard. Not very friendly. Not very kind. Not very generous, probably not very good looking either. Just an old bitter mountain goat. That's okay. I laugh too. What we know about JL is that she was the wife of Heber, the Canaanite. She is never mentioned before or after this moment. She was an unknown and ordinary woman, but she took advantage of an opportunity that was presented to her, and she delivered the nation of Israel. Let me tell you how she did it. The the enemy asked for water, and she gave him milk. Brought butter, the Bible says, in a lordy dish. In other words, she changed her nature from an old mountain goat to a kind and generous and loving person. She allowed God to do a work in her to bring deliverance to a nation. She refused to stay the same. She said, God, I'm willing to surrender myself. I'll give up my nature. I'll give up my past. I'll give up my reputation. I'll give up my identity. But God, would you work in me and allow me to be effective for the kingdom of God and deliver people into the Kingdom for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's something powerful that happens when we begin to realize it's not about us at all. It's not about us. It's about him. I've had a revelation in the last three years Brother Murphy did his best to beat it into me, but I didn't get it. But in the last three years, I've understood. It's not about me. It's not about my talents. It's not about my skills. It's all about my willingness to surrender to God and say, God, I can't do it, but you can. And if I can be of use, if I can surrender, if I'll give up everything, then God will use me to bless somebody. And I want to tell you this morning that God desires to use you in the kingdom of God. You say, I know that, Brother Murphy or Brother Merrill, I'm sorry. But I'm not very special. Glad you said that. I don't have a lot of skills. I can't sing. I can't play musical instrument. Neither can I. We have some friends that plant a church in Knoxville. That boy is so talented. He can tear up a piano, guitar, drum set, bass, anything man puts his hands on. Sings like a bird. And I look at him sometimes and I'm jealous and I'm envious. But that's not what God needs. God doesn't need from us our, the, the, the talents that we have and all that. God uses them, yes, don't misunderstand me. But God will use anybody, even a crotchety old mountain goat. You say, well, I'm grumpy, so was she. I'm tired, so was she. I'm ordinary, so was she. But she kept her eyes open for one opportunity. God, I may never become famous. I may never stand behind the pulpit. I may never have my name in the neon lights. I may not make the circuit around the UPC and apostolic circles preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but if I can walk out in my backyard and I can find a neighbor that's hurting and lonely and desperate and I can introduce her to Jesus Christ, then God, through the power of the Holy Ghost, will use me to slay the enemy in their life and they can become who God wants them to be and they, God can use you to deliver a nation. God can use you to deliver your world if we're just willing to let God use us with our faults and with our failures and our shortcomings. Please, I've asked our church people all the time please don't focus on that, focus on God. 1 Samuel chapter 17, very familiar scripture setting. The Bible is is the beginning of the story of David and Goliath. In verse 28 of 1 Samuel chapter 17, the Bible says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, when he spake unto the men, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's, Anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Listen to this. I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? I want you to notice what Eliab says. David, I know why you're here. You're proud and you're naughty because you showed up to the battlefield to be a spectator and not a participator. You're not in the kingdom, David, to be beneficial. You're not in the kingdom, David, to fight a battle. You're only here to see what happens. And you're naughty. And you're prideful for doing that. But what Eliab did not understand and what Eliab misunderstood was David's motives. David didn't show up to the battlefield to be a spectator, but he showed up to be a victor. He showed up to win a battle. He declared there's a cause. There's a kingdom cause that I must fight for. I'm not here just to see what God does. I'm here to participate in what God's doing. I don't want to hear the the stories of great deliverance. I want to be a part of the stories of great deliverance. I want to hear about your neighbor, but I'm going to tell you about my neighbor. I want to tell you about my co worker. I want to tell you about the people that I've won, the people I've laid hands on and seen them healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not here to be a spectator, but I'm here to be a victor for the kingdom of God. I will have you know, and I will point out this morning. Then in King David, or it actually wasn't King David yet, but in David's life and in this story of this battle, the battle was not won by the king. Now I could preach a while right there, but I'm not going to. But the king, the ruler of the people, whoever he is, ain't going to win the battle. Well, it has got quiet. The battle wasn't won by the army. It wasn't a show of overwhelming strength. It wasn't a show of superior intelligence. It wasn't a show of military might. It was won by an ordinary little boy. I want to tell our young children, our young people, And young adults this morning, do not look at your age and think that I cannot be used by God to bring victory to my nation, to my world, to those around me. There are people all over this nation right now. They're all over the world that are 12 13, 14 years old, some younger, some a little bit older, and they are doing incredible works for God. They're doing mighty things for God in their high schools, in their middle schools, in the neighborhood. They're teaching home Bible studies. They're baptizing kids because of the power of God on their lives. And they choose to be used by God. David's answer this battle was that he told the Philistine giant Goliath, I've not come to you with a sword and a shield. I'm not here with the instruments of humanity. I'm not bringing my humanistic weapon. I'm not here to bring to you and to bear on my problem in front of me. Some kind of feel-good message and some kind of feel-good item or some kind of thing that mama told me about that would help my situation. But I've come here full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit of God, with the name of Jesus Christ on my lips. And I'm going to speak to you, Goliath. You're not going to win because my life is in the hand of God. My future is in the hand of God. And I've surrendered to Him. and He has Asked me to come fight for him. Instead of seeking refuge, David sought a way to the battlefield. I know sometimes it's hard, especially in our current society and situation with viruses and just stuff going on. It's easy to get distracted by the roar of Goliath. It's easy to be afraid by the volume of his voice and the size that Goliath appears. Our world is inundated with fear, with stress, anxiety, and the list goes on and on. But I want to tell you this morning that God is looking for a victor. God is looking for a person that will stand up and will say that I am a victor through Jesus and I'm going to reach my world and I'm going to do what God's asked me to do and I'm going to answer the call. I'm not running to refuge, but I'm running to a battlefield. I'm going to become who God wants me to be and be used by the kingdom of God. Allow me to hurry this morning. So what is the profile of a victor? What does a victor look like? That person that overcomes the enemy. That person that overcomes the opposition. That person that when somebody says to them and they hear the words, you can't do it. They square their shoulders back and say, I may fail, but I'll fail trying. They may say, that I may not be successful, but I'll never quit. I'm gonna fight. There are no doubt people here this morning. I know there are people here this morning in my spirit. You are facing great tragedy. You are facing great circumstance. You are facing great situation in your personal life, in your home, in your family, in jobs, in finances. The list goes on and on. I want to tell you here this morning and I'm here to preach this message. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't seek refuge. There is a blessing in being a victor. There's a blessing in staying out and fighting the battle that God has for you. There's a blessing in being available to the Holy Ghost and allowing God to use you in a great way. So the profile of a victor, the makings of a victor is that person that answers the call in their moment of opportunity. While David would become the greatest king of Israel, JL would never be mentioned again. But they both accomplished the same thing. They delivered the nation of Israel in a moment. You may be called to a lifetime of service to the kingdom in whatever capacity that God has called you. And you may not be. You may be called for one moment in history where you stand for the kingdom of God and you teach one neighbor, one coworker, one lady at Walmart, whatever the case is. And that moment in history gives you the blessing of the kingdom of God because you deliver the world for somebody. And you may not get recognized from the pulpit. You may not get recognized in a national publication, but I'm encouraging you this morning, seize your moment seize your opportunity think of somebody in your mind right now that you have contact with wherever they're at that you can rent, that you can talk to god about to them and about their circumstance think about that this morning the second profile parts of the profile of a victor is they refuse to seek refuge in the time of trouble i know the bible says the name of the lord is a strong tower And the righteous can run into it and be safe. And I'm thankful for the safety that God extends to us. But what I'm talking about this morning is when the battle gets hot, don't run away. Don't seek refuge away. There's circumstances and situations that come to all of our lives and I'm trying to hurry this morning and I understand they're grievous and I understand they hurt and I understand in most cases they're devastating but it's not a time to run away from the presence of God. It's a time to stand firm, plant your feet and say, God, I am here and I am going to fight this battle because I am a victor through Jesus Christ (laughs) hallelujah Jesus the third thing of the profile of a victor is that in that moment of opportunity they seize it I remember a number of years ago I had left one of those personal on fire prayer meetings I was pumped up. I was excited. Bless God. I felt like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. And I was driving down the road and God spoke to me clearly. He said, go to Walmart. And some of y'all have that conversation a lot with God. I've been delivered from Walmart, thank God. He said, go to Walmart. And I'm like, what in the world? I don't want to go to Walmart, God. I don't need anything. So I went anyway. I had no clue what I was there for. I just began walking around the store. And I walked down one of the aisles, and I looked up, and there was a lady and a girl about eight or nine years old standing there, not proud of this story. And God spoke to me and said, go tell her that I see what she's going through and I'm going to deliver her. It's plain as day. So you know what I did? I walked away scared. It was a moment. It was an opportunity that I had. It was that JL moment. I was never going to be in the limelight for that. And there's a lady and a young girl, I don't ever know what happened to them. Never saw them before and haven't seen them since. But there's a lady and a young girl that God wanted to encourage that day, and I missed my moment. The profile of a victor says that when my moment comes, I seize it, I don't operate in fear. I don't operate in worry. I don't operate in anxiety. I don't operate in stress and intimidation. But I seize the moment. And finally, this morning, the victor allows God to change them. One thing, and I say this oftentimes at our home church, or Well, this is our home church. At the church I pastor. But no matter who it was in the word of God, when they encountered Jesus, they left different. Most of them left healed, delivered, blessed, whatever. Some of them left discouraged, despondent, and mad. But they all left different than the way they showed up. And the victor allows God to change them from a JL mountain goat to a kind and generous and compassionate person. The victor doesn't stand behind, well, that's just the way I am. The victor doesn't stand behind. That's just the way it's going to be. But the victor allows God's presence and allows God's spirit And allows God's word to work and to change their life into a usable tool for the kingdom of God. You allow the presence of God to get rid of bad attitudes and unforgiveness and all of those things that go along with it. And like the psalmist said, make me, oh God, form me, shape me into something new, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit. It's the profile of a victor. If you'll stand with me this morning, if there is ever a time where our world, our nation, our states, our homes, our families, our marriages, our schools, our workplaces need victors, it's now stand in the gap and fight for somebody else. To tell the co-worker I'm praying for you and then pray for them. To tell the neighbor when they're talking despondent and you want to mention Jesus but you're not real sure how it's going to go. You're not real sure if they're open to hearing about Jesus. You're not sure if they're going to reject you. Getting that lump and swallowing it. And say, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. I'm different than I used to be. Because I am a victor. So I want somebody to know this morning, with all your faults, with all the failures, with all of your past, with all the reasons that you think you can't, you fit the profile of a victor. If there's anybody in this building that can be victorious over your circumstance, you can. If anybody can overcome the obstacle that you're facing, you can. Because you, Grace Church, fits the profile of a victor. So I want everybody here this morning to know I feel the Holy Ghost that when I walk out of the building today, I want you to determine this. I'm different. I'm going to meet Jesus today. And I'm leaving different. There's a battle in front of me that I must fight. I can't seek refuge. My family doesn't need me to seek refuge. My home My marriage, my children don't need me seeking refuge. They need me on the battlefield. They need me to be a JL. They need me to be a David. My community needs me to be a JL and a David. It needs a victor somebody that will fight for us. Our world, our society is begging for somebody to fight for them. Our neighbors and our coworkers wear masks to work. And when you ask them how they're doing, they say, I'm doing fine. Everything's going okay. But inside, there's a, terif- there's a they're terrified. They're scared to death of the Goliath that's facing them. Just like the armies of Israel were. They looked strong, but they were so weak. They sought refuge when the battle was being warred war, and when there was raging around them and when God was calling them. They sought refuge. But then comes David, the ordinary little boy. And when all of Israel went against Canaan and the inhabitants of Meroes stayed, stayed put, they were scared, they were desperate. They wanted refuge, and then step J.L and said, "I'll do it. If anybody will deliver you, I will be the person that God uses to bring about your deliverance. I'm willing to sacrifice the comfort of my home. I'm willing to give up one night a week to teach a home Bible study. Willing to give a little extra to She's for Christ to send a church planner to an unchurched county. We still have 11 counties in the state of Tennessee without an apostolic church. You say, Brother Murphy, I didn't know there was even counties left without apostolic churches. Why don't you go to North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska? They're begging for people. Every time you give to She's for Christ, You enable that. What I'm trying to say is do what it is that God wants you to do. Don't be afraid. Seize your opportunity. Because you fit the profile of a victor. You are who God wants to use this morning. So leave different, leave changed. But more than anything, leave determined to bring deliverance to somebody in your life. If you would this morning, I know with all the stuff that's going on right now in our world with this virus, I don't know how many would feel comfortable to respond and come around the front. If you do, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. Also, I promise you, we're not going to hold that against you. Understand? But if you will determine this morning that I will be a victor. If you will determine this morning that not only am I going to be victorious in my circumstance, but I might use it to bring victory to somebody else. If you feel to, would you gather around the front and let's entertain the presence of God and say, God, change me. God, make me. God, call me to the battle. Show me where you want me to be, God. Show me the battle you want me to fight. I'll do what you ask me to do, God. Wherever it leads me. Wherever it takes me. God, I'll become who you want me to become. I'll surrender myself. I'll surrender my all to you. Because, God, I want to be a victor in the kingdom of God. Would you pray this morning? Would you seek His face this morning? Talk to Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When you
1: my heart. in your hands, you were dead. God, I'll be what you want me to be this morning. God,
4: I'll be what you want me to be this morning. In the name of Jesus.